please keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. You are now entering the flip side. All right, welcome back to the flip side podcast where we talk everything upside down and inside out. And today I'm very, very excited because we have Juma from Stupid Fit. He is the founder of this fitness company and he's going to talk more about it. I might have just gotten that wrong if it's a company or whatever it is. So Juma, I'm so excited for you to come on and share all of your health and wellness tips and everything that you're about. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Alex. And you you got it right. You know, it's a um, fitness and nutrition coaching company. You know, I work with people one on one around the world to help them just get better control of their nutrition and be happy with the body that they live in, you know, because a lot of people spend too much time in their body unhappy. Um, And one of the reasons I founded Stupid Fit was because if you scroll through Instagram, scroll through Twitter, you scroll through anything, you're going to get a lot of conflicting information and it can get really confusing, really overwhelming, really stressful. So um, me knowing the stuff, I'm like, actually, this is all really simple. People just try to fake you out you know, try to sell you something. So, you know, I try to make it simple, keep it stupid uh, so that everyone can follow along and, um, you know, have an easier life. I love that because I feel like a lot of people want to start this journey of health and fitness and they don't know where to start to begin with, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I like how you said there is a lot of conflicting information because one person will tell you this, this, and this, and then you start looking at their background and they really don't even know. They just kind of want it to be an a fitness influencer, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, you know, sometimes that doesn't help the way that people really need and want help. So this is really exciting to, to hear your tips. Um, because I also love health and wellness and I feel like just diving into this, like I, I am such a holistic and health nerd that this is like the stuff I could talk about all day. Perfect. This is going to be a fun podcast. Then I love it. It's always fun. (laughs) So how did you get started with stupid fit? I know you, you just kind of gave us a brief background, but what was your journey into health and wellness in the first place? And then that, you know, what led to you wanting to start your own wave in this industry? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I grew up as an athlete, you know, through middle school, through high school. Um, That was my thing. And even in college, I competed in track to a degree. And I just really loved feeling good. You know, I loved being um, peak athletic form, all that kind of stuff. And I was very one dimensional with it at the time. So what I mean by that is I knew everything that worked well for my body and what worked well for me. Um, but whenever I would give advice to other people, just casually as a college student, right? It didn't always work out for them for some reason. And I never could figure out why that was until I got my personal training certification. I started working with real people and realized that every single person is different. You know, they don't have the same ideals that I did at the time, right? They weren't all trying to be peak athletes. Some of them were just moms trying to look good on their date night dresses, right? And feel confident with the way they look. And they didn't care about running faster or jumping higher or any of that stuff. Um, So going through that and like working with people, I was like, man, uh, I really got to learn how I can help more people than just my type of person, right? Like who I was. So that took me down the rabbit hole of getting nutrition certifications, getting personal training, more personal training certifications, other movement specialties and things of that nature. And I made a really good name for myself in my local area being a 
you know, one of the top trainers at my big box gym, but the lifestyle of a personal trainer is really, really hard. You know, you're working 12 hour days, sometimes back to back client appointments, you know, and if you're not at the gym, you're not making money also. Yeah. It's not a nice lifestyle. <laughs> so I'm someone that loves traveling. I love moving around. So I realized at some point that online coaching is a thing. And I realized I can help even more people and work with them at a greater work with a higher volume of people at the same time and create a greater impact doing that. So that was when I transitioned into online coaching and stupid fit was kind of born from that. I love that. And I don't think a lot of people, including myself, know that life as a fitness trainer in the gym is that difficult, you know, because we, I think outsiders look at fitness coaches as they've always got it all together. Like this is what they love to do. And then, you know, that's kind of sad. Like we need to think about y'all and the the wellness that you guys need to um, take care of with, for your own body. And we're just like, work with us. And it's like, no, you know, you guys are humans too. So I love how you're able to also make something that you love fit into your lifestyle where you're not killing yourself in the process. So that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely needed. You know, I burned myself out plenty of times working those long days and I knew that I really liked it. Um, and I really liked helping people. And I loved, you know, hearing like, oh, I just went to the beach and I looked so good and I felt great. You know, I loved hearing all the, all that stuff. And, you know, that always created a positive domino effect to other people in their lives too. But I would always get beat up, you know, by the end of the week and I'd always yeah. be really exhausted. Um, so I needed to, I needed to make a change. I couldn't keep go on living like that. Right. Right. So when you are signed on with a new client or somebody, mm -hmm. um, you know, reaches out to you and they want to start, how do you start with them? Do you do a personalized program or what is your routine with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Actually, no one's ever asked me that on a podcast. So that, hey. I really like that. <laughs> I feel, I feel good right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, like I said earlier, everyone is different, right? And I got to get a good feeling and understanding of everyone that I work with to give them the best plan, right? Everything I do is very much individualized. No one, no two people get the same nutrition prescriptions um, or exactly the same training program. So we go through uh, what I like to call the week of awareness, first and foremost. And it's both of us getting to know themselves like it's me getting to know them and them getting to know their own habits and routines so what we do is i ask them to log their food for a week without even changing any of their behaviors i tell them i want you to do like for instance if you were my client right now alex i would say hey go through week as normal all your normal eating decisions all your normal eating behaviors log it just like that i just want to see what you normally do in your day-to-day -day life and from there um nutrition wise we see what the things missing from your diet are that we can add into it first and foremost, mm -hmm. right? I'm very big on anti-restriction, right? I feel like you, you're allowed to have anything you want to have in the right quantities, but we want to take care of our health and we want to make this a long-term sustainable thing. Adding things to your diet is always easier and more encouraging and more motivating than trying to restrict and take things away. So we'll look at what to add. And then we slowly build on that over time until we get to like an ideal nutrition, um, place and then adjust according to your goal. Training wise, I like to see how your body moves, right? And everyone has 
different kind of movement deficiencies. They have muscular imbalances, joint limitations, part of the lifestyle that we live sitting on a desk all day long, yeah. a lot of times, right? Um, so I got to get a feel for what are you really good at? What are you not so good at? So that when I design your training program, we want to strengthen the muscles that are weak so that we can correct those imbalances. And that when you walk around throughout your day, you feel great, you know, um, because no one wants to look good and feel terrible, have achy joints and have low energy. We want to look good and we want to feel good. So right. it starts with really understanding your body first and giving it what it needs afterwards. Love it. And this is something that I'm just curious about. Do you mm -hmm. find when you tell your clients to add things back, say different foods that have different nutritional value, like magnesium or things that we're all fairly deficient in, in mm -hmm. our modern day diet, do you notice that they have an easier time just switching over in general? Like they don't even crave the old food anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the cool thing about it. Psychologically, when we, you know, our brains don't do well um talking about what not to have you know um if i told you right now hey alex don't think of a pink elephant the first thing you're going to think of is a pink elephant right I, I could tell i saw it on your face when you thought of it yeah um, i was trying to look at your posters in the back i was like i'm not going to do it and yeah it's a lost cause yeah it's impossible <laughs> yeah and likewise with food uh you know the way most people approach dieting it's like i shouldn't have donuts i shouldn't have bread i shouldn't have xyz right um, and then they don't take the time to consider what they should replace with that. Mm -hmm. And then that creates a lot of stress because now all they're thinking about is having those things. So right. when we think about what we should add, they get excited about adding those things. And then somewhere down the line, they end up naturally having less of the foods that don't serve them as well. Right. And they feel okay with that because there's no restriction involved. Right. And I feel like our bodies and correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but to me, like my body will correct itself. Even if I can't figure out exactly what it's doing, it's telling me if I'm craving certain things, like there will be times, uh, just an example, two days ago, I was craving artichoke and I was like, why am I craving artichoke? And I realized that I was probably lacking in some B vitamins or, you know, other properties that artichokes have. And I'm like, I don't eat artichokes on a regular basis. So like, why am I craving this? But as soon as I started to learn that and really take note of what my body was saying to me, I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm, there's some sort of deficiency and that's why that craving is coming on. So I just wanted to see if you like saw that in your practice, because I've just been noticing that personally um, mm -hmm. and I'm less restrictive on whatever I'm craving. And truthfully, I feel like my body looks and feels better, just like you're saying. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. One thing that you said that I really, really love, and I think like everyone listening should take note and try to embody themselves, is that if my body's craving something, I go and have it, right? Yeah. You don't try to resist the craving, even if it's like, you know, you used artichoke as an example, which is a vegetable, obviously. If someone was craving Weird chips, craving. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is what it is, you know, it's a craving yeah. and you enjoy it. But some people, uh, I think more of the common people, average people, general population will have cravings for chips and sweets and stuff like that. Right. And, I'll, and they'll try to fight that and end up craving it more and having more of it, right? So as opposed to if they enjoyed it in that real time, they could have had a little bit and been done with it. Right. So I, I really love that you said that. But to answer your question, um, that there is truth to that, right? Your Ooh. body can't talk to you, you know? Yeah. It's 
uh, it has to communicate to you somehow. So it does that by sending hunger signals, craving signals, um, lowering your energy levels, increasing your energy levels, lowering your libido, increasing your libido, right? This is, um, we call it biofeedback, biological feedback. And that's what your body, that's, that's your body's way of sending signals to say, hey, I need these things. Can you give it to me? And if you're not paying attention to those signals, you're kind of ignoring your body's needs. Yeah. And I did that for years. <laughs> I was just <laughs> ignoring it, especially with the rest thing. Like mm -hmm. I think our population or, you know, at least American population has a very big guilt uh, attribution mm -hmm. with rest. And I'm sure that just stems from, you know, we have to work in like the economy and whatever else we want to put yeah. that energy towards. Hustle but culture, grind, grind, grind. Yeah, yeah, like all of that. And so I definitely was that person for years that when my body was telling me to rest, I was like, no, go. And then like three cups of coffee more and all those things. And I was like, this is so unsustainable. Like I'm just going to sleep. And yeah. you have to really, it, it's like a psychological plus physio physiological thing like you have to really <laughs> tap into both otherwise you're just gonna be done yeah and i like that you said it was both it's psychological and physiological because they feed off of each other you know yeah. i like i think people like to separate um different aspects of our health like this is our gut health this is our fat loss yeah. this is our mental health you know but they really all work in uh intertwined with each other inside of our body and if one is lacking um, like if your mental health is struggling, you know, sometimes a majority of the time, actually, that is a sign of some sort of gut imbalance yeah. um, in your digestive system, you know, and knowing that those are related, you can attack the root cause appropriately and create a healthier uh, self, right? Right. Okay. I have a question for you. Yeah. How do you feel about the thought process of, um, you know, there's like a lot of law of assumption and law of attraction stuff where mm. getting your thoughts right in whatever way shape and form to lose weight like how mm. how do you feel about that theory yeah that's a um I'm, I'm really happy you asked that question so i have a couple studies i want to reference for you i don't okay. remember the names of them but i want to say what happened in them to show the power of this um to keep it short our perceptions are really powerful you know, and having the right thoughts are going to make the process easier having the wrong thoughts are going to make it way harder for you and sometimes even impossible so one study that showed this was um they surveyed i think 20 people and they gave all 20 people milkshakes mm -hmm. the milkshakes were exactly the same for all 20 people right there were i think 300 calories and they had the exact same recipe for all of them wow. 10 people got a nutrition label that said the milkshakes were 450 calories and 10 people got a uh, nutrition label on their milkshakes that said it was 150 calories. So uh, 150, you know, 50% higher, 50% lower than what it actually was. But all 20 milkshakes were exactly the same, right? Mm -hmm. What they found was that the people that read the nutrition label of 450 and had it, they felt fuller for longer, not just psychologically, but on a hormonal level, their body produced more of the appetite, like satiated hormone um, called ghrelin. So it was really crazy. And then on the flip side, the opposite happened. The people that had the lower calorie milkshake felt that they were hungry for longer periods of time. Their body produced more of the hunger hormone. And they, uh, that only happened because of their thoughts, right? It wasn't what they consumed because they consumed the exact same thing. So you going into a diet and wanting to lose fat and thinking like, this sucks. 
I'm not going to be able to do it. This isn't going to fill me up, right? You're making the diet harder for yourself because now your body's going to react in the same exact way. It's going to react in a way of this does suck. This isn't helping and it's not filling me up. I'm still hungry, right? Whereas if you told yourself the opposite thoughts, you'd have a way easier time um, going through the diet. So um, that was one of the, for me, learning that study was a big turning point in how I worked with my clients, right? right? Because it went beyond just what you're eating. Now it's how you're talking to yourself, how you're yeah. talking to other people about food, right? And how you're um, labeling what you're eating as well. So right. yeah, the, the, to answer your question more directly, it plays a huge role, right? Not just in the, in the grand scheme of things, but also like on a biological level, it plays a huge role. Oh, I love validating like <laughs> quote unquote metaphysical woo woo stuff with science, because this is why I love this stuff. Cause I'm like, no, like we can, we can get the data. <laughs> we can see it. Yeah. It's, oh. it's there. And there was also another one on the training side of things where um, people were trying, this is, these were athletes trying to compete for um, improved time at a race, I think. And I don't remember the exact details of the study, so I might butcher some of this. So if someone's fact checking me, you know, just know it's off memory, but they were testing the cardio ability of some people. And some people were given this new tool, new cardio equipment that was supposed to improve their VO2 max and um, their cardio output. The machine really wasn't all that special. It was just marketed a particular way, right? It's a, a normal machine at the end of the day. And their belief of that though actually improve their blood oxygen level by the end of two weeks of doing this. Whereas with the other people um, that did it on a normal machine and just were doing a regular routine, they weren't marketed anything special. They had, you know, pretty consistent, nothing really changed in their body. But that belief of, um, of that really, again, changed their biology and made them more effective athletes. Um, and that kind of placebo effect is something we could find everywhere, right? It's um, something we can make for ourselves if we choose to make it. Right. Oh, this is making me think about kids now mm-hmm. and raising them in specific ways and how, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, pre- it's pretty much just the same study, but in a different, you know, play that I'm going to set right now. Okay. But it's like the kid who is validated for his emotions and for, um, you know, his good job or his efforts and how the parents or mentors speak to that child versus the the kid that, you know, might have grown up in the exact same echo, echo I, I can't speak today, um, <laughs> econom- what economical, thank you, economic, what is it? Economic ba- background. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Thank you, <laughs> listeners, for keeping up with me. Anyway, socioeconomic background. Thank you. Um, it's like you look at the two, you know, almost same kind of kids, but just the way that they're talked to and validated in their growth and how much more successful the person is that was just validated in whatever they were doing. And then learn because they've learned that they can, you know, that's a normal thing is Mm -hmm. to be proud of yourself or to feel like you're doing a good job. And it's, it's just wild to see the major differences between those two kids eventually when they get older you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- you reminded me of something too. This is kind of like a, a fun study. Anyone can actually try at home if they want to give it a shot and, you know, actually see it and believe it is um, you can take rice. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but you take rice, it. you cook it, um, you cook it in the same pot 
up to, you know, until it's fully cooked. And then you take it with the water, you don't drain it. And you put half of it in one jar and half of it in another jar. And you put, you label one jar as love and you label one jar as hate. And um, this is actually something the person I listened to that did this, he had his kids go down to the jar every morning and tell the love jar, I love you and say like positive things. And they told the, the hate jar, all negative talk, you know, oh. I hate you, you're ugly, you're dumb rice, you know, all oh. that stuff. Um, and over a two week time frame, the rice that was given love affirmation, positive affirmation, ended up, you know, still looking good, it was still edible. But the other one was moldy, and it was rotten, and it, you could not eat it. And it was from the same original pot, you know, put oh. into identical jars. The only thing that was different was what was said to it. And there was something I was told a long time ago that always stuck with me. And it's words are magic and we're all irresponsible, which is, you know, yeah. oh, and- <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so that I, um, whenever I hear that study, it always reminds me of that phrase, but it's, you know, it's entirely true. If this happens to rice, this is going to happen yeah. to us too. You know, we're made of the same stuff to a degree. That's so like, I, I love this stuff. This is where I really geek out because <laughs> to see a visual representation of the things that a lot of the times, especially too, I, I feel like we might be in the same age group and generation but like growing up in an era where it was like everybody needed to be better and like all the things that were promoted to us were like no you need to be skinnier you need to have this item or this or this Mm -hmm. and like just seeing the effects that that really has like it's not stupid to talk about the effects that it has because it's real you know, it's it's just so interesting to me. Yeah. I love this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure you know a lot of people again, like in our age range, that tried to go through that process, and now they're really miserable. Now they're yeah. like they can't get themselves out of that mindset. You know, right. and it started with really creating that habit at the end of the day, because now this is just something that stuck with them for so long. Right. Oh, this is so cool. This is like, like I mean, I would already hire you as my my trainer, <laughs> but like this is just so cool to see the elements of all of these different ideas and, you know, genres of thought coming together in this modern day. And it's what I love about us being all connected in this internet space. Like there are Mm -hmm. certain things on the internet that like, you know, there's positive and negative, but like, this is what's so cool is that the information from different genres of thought are coming together and creating really helpful tips. Like I feel like right now, in my own life, like in my wellness journey, I kind of struggled with that. Like I would get to a certain point Mm -hmm. in my fitness, like at least visually. And I'd be like, dang, I work out so much. Like I would love to have a six pack, you know, or just like abs. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I was doing so much and really focused on it, but I was focused on it in a, you know, kind of shameful way where it's like, Mm -hmm. why don't you have, you know, subconsciously. And then when I finally let that go and I was doing the exact same workouts, I like looked in the mirror a couple weeks ago. I was like, I have abs yeah. the first time, you know, like because I just didn't have all of that negativity associated with it. Like it's so beautiful. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it really is. And again, it's like, you know, you you want to. I think it's funny because we want to be healthy and happy and positive and everything, but we don't think we can do that until we get to that destination, mm. right? And then in reality, you never get there because you're not acting like the person you want to be. You're acting like someone completely opposite. And that's going to lead you to the opposite result every single time. Right. Oh, so how do you help clients that might be, you know, you can kind of tell they're in that mindset 
how do you help get them out of that? Mm. So that's, oh, that's a great question. So um, it's, well, first of all, it's something that doesn't happen overnight, right? It's not going to change in one conversation, but the first step is really creating awareness, right? And helping them see that, man, I am doing this to myself. Because a lot of times when we're in our own sphere of thought constantly, we think of that as normal, right? We don't really see any other alternative because that's just what we feed ourselves day in and day out, day in and day out. So when I hear a lot of the same shameful phrasing over and over again, I'll point it out and say, hey, did you know you're saying that? And did you know you said this last week and the week before and week before? And like, oh my God, I didn't even recognize that. Like, okay, cool. Now, um, now that you know it, you can actually combat it because if you're not aware, you can't change anything. It it always starts with awareness. And the other thing is this behavior is a habit, right? Right. This only happens instinctually to them because they've repeated it so many times, so many times, so many times. So for them to have the opposite effect, they need to repeat the opposite behavior so many Mm. times. So what I usually say is, Hey, you know, just throughout the week, Stay conscious of your thoughts. Be mindful of what you're thinking. Be aware of, of where they're going. Every time you catch yourself doing uh, or thinking a negative thought, twist it to a positive and repeat it two times, mm. right? And this way you're outpacing the negative um, wiring in your brain and creating right. the positive one twice as fast. Um, and that little, that, little stuff, that little step gets the ball rolling. And eventually, um, without even realizing it, you know, just repeating it over time, they start having more positive thoughts naturally and the negative thoughts kind of get pushed to the wayside. Right. Right. It's just not even in the habit loop anymore. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what's something else for our listeners? What's something else that you've been either doing or studying or researching or implementing into your clients programs that you think everybody in general, not even necessarily on a fitness journey right now, but just in general should be doing or should be aware of? Mm, that's that's a great question. So, you know, one thing I, I said earlier was that everything I do is individualized, right? Yeah. So everyone does have different needs, but there are a few things that everybody should be doing, like irrespective of your goals, your lifestyle, yeah. who you are, right? Because at the end of the day, we are humans and we have right. similar body types. So the first thing is um, just getting enough vitamin D and actually getting sun on your skin and movement first thing in the morning, right? Mm. Right when you wake up, um, getting outside, going on a little walk or getting outside and doing like a yoga routine on the grass or whatever, but just getting outside, getting movement in and getting sun on your skin is Mm. incredibly important because there's just so many um, chain reactions that come from that. Most of the world is vitamin D deficient right now because we spend most of our time indoors and vitamin D is some people classify it as a hormone because it's just so powerful in our body, right. With what it does. Um, you know, one thing that one thing to emphasize the power of it is a lot of the symptoms of seasonal depression are the same as vitamin D deficiency, Mm -hmm. right? So people that usually have seasonal depression really, or think they have seasonal depression really just have vitamin D deficiency. So if you want to feel better, have better digestion, get more energy in your day, getting more sun on your skin, um, is going to be the way to go. And I say on your skin, because your skin cells are what absorb vitamin D and transmit it through your body. Right. Uh, so that's one thing. And then getting the movement in, in the morning at the same time is also really important because this is going to help regulate 
your sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. Just getting sun in your skin, in your eyeballs and moving early on is going to really set your cortisol curve high early in the day. And then by the time, you know, 16 hours goes by and it's ready for you to go to bed, your body is your body's internal clock is regulated to the degree to actually help you go to sleep on time and get good deep sleep. Mm -hmm. So easily the most important thing is starting your day with sun, starting your day with movement and um, semi-related starting your day with water and something healthy, because I think the way you start your day really sets the tone for the rest of the day. If you eat something healthy at the beginning of the day, you're going to be like, Oh, I feel great. I'm so healthy. I'm going to do other healthy things. You start your day on the wrong foot. You're going to, you know, it just takes one bad thing to lead to a bad day. Obviously we could change that at any point, but why make it harder on ourselves? Let's start on the right foot and make it easy. So um, that's one habit routine that I always recommend to everybody universally. The other one is making sure that every meal you have has a protein source and has Mm -hmm. a plant source. So The protein source can be, you know, meat, poultry, eggs, tofu, whatever, seafood and plant sources, fruits, vegetables, nuts, um, seeds, all that stuff as well. You're going to, if you do that for three square meals a day, you're going to get enough protein to help regulate your hormonal system, your thyroid health, regulate your appetite. Um, And if you're working out, rebuild your muscle tissue and get a good toned physique getting in the plant sources. And if, especially if you get in a variety of them throughout the day, different colors and flavors and textures, you're going to get all kinds of vitamins and minerals. You're going to get a lot of dietary fiber, which is going to help regulate your gut health. And as I mentioned earlier, that's going to play a direct role into your mental health mm-hmm. and um, also to how you absorb nutrients in your body too. Right. So I think universally, those two things are definitely, everyone should be doing it. Everyone should try to do it. And I think they're easy enough, simple enough that anyone can take five minutes to plan that accordingly. Right. Also, why do I feel like all the things that are good for us, there's kind of this miss, I hate this word, but misinformation thing about it or like everything that's really good for us. There's so much fear behind it. So Mm. we've been for years fear mongered to stay out of the sun when it's like we wouldn't be existing without the sun. (laughs) So Right. It's it's really interesting how that stuff happens. And you can see why a lot of people don't know where to begin on this journey because they're like, oh, I heard that the sun, you know, I shouldn't be in the sun for that long. Mm-hmm. I should wear my sunglasses all the time. But I realize your eyes, you know, I started doing that where I'd like get some sunlight in my eyes and I, I wear contacts mm-hmm. for years. So I was like, oh, well, we'll see. Maybe maybe this will make me go blind like everybody says. And then I was like, wait, my eyes actually seem more regulated. Like I can see things sharper and clearer. And it's interesting, right? Like w- how that all happened. I guess it's to sell things. I don't know. It, but, it, that's exactly why it is. Yeah. You know, you'll, if you look, if you see who's pitching those things, it's always like, this stuff sucks. You should not be doing that. You should be doing this thing that I'm selling instead. That's right. always how it goes. <laughs> Ooh, so this is a good question to piggyback off of this topic is sure. what would you recommend to people who are looking for a coach say that like, you know, somehow they can't get into your schedule and mm-hmm. they're looking for someone else to trust. What are those red flags in a trainer that people should be cautious of? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, one thing, especially if you're going to be working with this person one-on-one is one thing you should always look for is do I like this person? You know, you got to make sure you work with someone you like. You're going to be going through this journey. You want to have, they want to have a good personality that you enjoy being around. So that's one thing. Um, The other thing is 
really a red flag that you should avoid is if they have a one size fits all approach mm. to what they're doing, that is not ever going to work for anyone long term, right? It'll work mm. or not. I shouldn't say anyone. It won't work for a majority of people long term, right? Of course, that one plan will work for some people, right. but and it may work for a lot of people in the sense of they lose weight for 30 or 60 days. But if you gain all the weight back in a year, did it actually work? I would argue it doesn't. So making sure that stuff they say is individualized, or I'm sorry, yeah, stuff they say is individualized and has context behind it and that they're able to adjust accordingly. Um, I had another one on the tip of my tongue. I just lost it. Mm. Don't worry, this happens to me on a <laughs> consistent basis. <laughs> have a good thought sorry it's lost yeah i'll shuffle that i'll shuffle that away to the back of the brain yeah. right now <laughs> it'll come it'll come back to you as soon as you say that the next thing <laughs> yeah um but yeah so avoiding anyone that has a one size fits all approach um avoiding anyone that also doesn't lead with lifestyle right mm -hmm. so they don't consider your lifestyle as a part of the equation mm -hmm. because one of the things that for health and for fat loss that drives the best change is a good management of your stress levels throughout the day. And stress, you know, in the nutrition space is a catch all term. Working out is a stress, um, over, uh, not oversleeping, undersleeping is a stress. Work and relationships and financial stuff, those are all stressors. Your body responds to all those things in the same way. So if someone that's extremely stressful, is given a five day a week workout plan and they're forced to do like hit cardio for another three days a week. They're just beating themselves up. They're not going to get anywhere. Right. Yeah. So making sure that the person you're talking to, the person you're going to hire is also taking your lifestyle into account. It's not just about what you're eating and what you're working out. Everything plays a role all at once. Um, and lastly, I would say seeing their track record, right? If they don't yeah. have a good track record and they can't, they don't have good long-term results with their clients, right? They show you their 30-day transformations. That's cool. Anyone can buckle down for 30 days and make yeah. a good change. But um, if they don't have sustained success, like their clients come back to them every six months trying to lose weight, yeah. then um, you know that's a big red flag in and of itself too. So right. those would be my top ones. Okay. That's really helpful. I feel like because you know people can, there are some people who are really great talkers and they show mm -hmm. what looks like they're doing well. And, you know, it's just using discernment to find the person that works well for you. Yeah. And you just reminded me of the thought I had that I forgot. Yes. <laughs> I knew it was going to come back. <laughs> yeah. It was just a matter of time. Um, but that thought was uh, making sure that they have proof for what they're saying. Right. And it's not just, Hey, just do what I say. Right. They can right. show that, Oh, this is something that works because xyz they have an explanation and a reasoning behind it that they can pull up a study for and show you because at the end of the day right you it's you know for me personally at least it's not just do what i say i never want it to be just do what i say i want you to understand what we're doing because if you understand why we do something you're going to be more likely to do it and keep it in your daily habit routine uh, going forward so make sure they know how to make sure they know what they're talking about and that they can prove that this is actually accurate. And it's not just something that they heard from someone else and they're just trying to do to you just because um, they want you to lose fat really fast. Right, right. Okay, so I want to sidebar to a different mm -hmm. question real quick because I'm just curious and I'm lacking in recipes and I have been watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay, which has been fun, <laughs> but... 
sometimes I still like can't get the recipes down. So we're going to scratch that and I'm going to come to you for some favorites that you recommend that are like maybe, you know, again, there are particulars for specific people that might, you know, some foods might work better uh, for others. But what are some go to meals that you enjoy that you could recommend? Because I need to cook something different yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, so there's one thing. This is great. So one meal I really love, and this isn't maybe classified as a meal for most people, but it's my favorite thing. I have it daily is a Greek yogurt cup with chia seeds, some fruit and mix it with oatmeal. Mix it with oatmeal. Absolutely love it. it gives me all my key nutrients. I feel great afterwards. Um, it's delicious. And most clients that I recommend it to end up loving it as well. That's so funny. Cause Greek yogurt is my go-to in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah <laughs> like Greek yogurt and like an apple. Do you get flavored Greek yogurt or what do you, you like it plain? So I do like the honey Greek yogurt, but I'll do the that Greek with plain. Um, it's the one from Trader Joe's. Oh, okay. That one's, that really one's good. good, right? <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes if I get plain or even with the already, you know, flavored honey one, I'll put extra organic honey on there raw because I feel like my allergies or anything, which I don't really have allergies anymore, but I just feel like sinus wise. Mm-hmm. Doing the honey really helps. I don't know. It could be. It does. It could be a placebo. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, validation. <laughs> validation. I was like, it could be a placebo, but I was like, I think that's accurate. Um, Even if it's placebo, it works, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> Whatever I believe, I receive. Exactly. I love it. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing in the morning. And then like at night, I feel like it's a really good meal. Like I know that it it qualifies all of my nutritional value, like a protein and rice and beans or rice in a vegetable mm-hmm. but i'm just i just need something else <laughs> <laughs> i can only eat that so many more days <laughs> so so for you and actually even all your listeners if you're okay with this i have yeah. a free um i have a free cookbook that i usually give out and hey. it's 30 recipes that are meant to improve your metabolism improve your health and make fat loss easier and they're all ready in 10 minutes or less so that's something I could share and you can like put it in the show notes or whatever. I would love to. And I'm definitely downloading it myself. That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, but one thing I would say too, in terms of thinking about meals, right? And how we plan forward for those is a lot of people get caught up in meals and recipes. And, yeah. you know, those are fun and everything. But imagine doing a different recipe each and every meal, three meals a day, you know, for an entire month straight, it's fatiguing, it's exhausting. And you're going to want to end up going to fast food because you're just like, no, I I can't take this anymore. You just don't want to cook. Yeah. (laughs) So what, what I usually do with, you know, myself and with my clients is actually not necessarily creating meals, but ingredient prepping, right? Just working on, um, I'm going to batch cook a bunch of chicken, lightly season it, not do anything too crazy. I'm going to batch cook some rice, uh, maybe another two proteins, salmon and beef, for instance, right? And you just ha- keep those handy all the time. Yeah. And then any any meal you want to have, you can be like, oh, I'm going to have chicken and then I'm going to take the steamed vegetables that I cooked and I'm going to put a sauce that I really like on it. And bam, you know, you kind of made a recipe there right. without making it too too complicated or too evasive. And it fits whatever you're feeling at that time. You know, it creates some flexibility there. So I think breaking it down by having your ingredients ready and then being able to choose what you want to do based on how you feel is the best way to do it. Right. Right. How do you feel about all of these diet fads? I know I just grew up like (laughs) I was at the age where I just saw everybody in the early two thousands, like 
buying mm-hmm. every possible diet book and like add kids um eat right for your blood type like oh, <laughs> I, right i feel like i already can get your vibe on how you feel about all of this <laughs> but what do you what do you think about all of those different fads and i i honestly haven't seen that many nowadays um but yeah what do you think about all of that kind of stuff yeah i mean nowadays it's more like keto paleo oh right right vegan almost the other one carnivore right all those things um but personally you know food to me and to most most cultures and most people it's more than just fuel it's more than just something to change your body and make you feel good it's something to enjoy you know i go out with my friends to restaurants to try good food i go out to travel to try the local cuisine and do all these things it's an experience right right and, you know, when I go to my mom's house, she cooks a big dinner for me because she misses me and she wants yeah. me to have good food. Oh, uh, her baby boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, food, food is so much more than just, you know, this is a, it's more than an identity, I guess. Right. right. It's something to enjoy. It's something to share with other people. And it's, um, it's an experience to be had. So I think to me, anything that limits my flexibility. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I find that this is also true for my clients as well. Anything that limits their flexibility with what they can eat tends to somewhere down the line, create a lot of stress, overwhelm and unhappiness with how they're doing. Because as soon as you fall off track with that, it's like, ah, damn, why am I, you know, I'm a failure. I suck. Um, Or man, I'm ruining my body. This is terrible. And going back to that negative self-talk that Mm -hmm. leads to actual negative um, ramifications. So in my mind, I don't like parameters around eating. I think everyone should find like their diet. Like right. when I, if I were to work with Alex, we're making the Alex flip diet and that's going to be the Love thing. It. <laughs> Love it. So, so yeah, um, that's my thought process on it. Not a fan. It, it works for some people, obviously, um, but a majority of people long-term, it's not, uh, it's not the right move. I've never met somebody who's like, I've been on the Adkins diet for 30 years, <laughs> you know, never. Like I've never met anybody who's like stuck with a program like that. And yeah. then, or people that do keto. It. Yeah. People that yeah. do keto and then they go on vacation. They stop being keto on vacation. You know, like, right. it's not going to work out by any means. Oh yeah. That's so funny. It's just like, <laughs> I just remember that was so in our culture back then. It was so interesting. Like everybody was. Yeah, it, was, something. <laughs> it was the talk of the town you know that was like everyone met, met up and talked about that stuff too I remember yeah. that so vividly it was so weird looking yeah. back at it it's kind of weird right like it, it's something that just came to my mind and I was like whoa I haven't um, luckily I haven't really heard that you know recently I think the last fad that was really prevalent was when I had first gotten into Twitter and mm-hmm. everybody was a fruititarian and oh. there was like fruit gang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that too. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> I know it was fun. I was really positive and uplifting, but I'm pretty sure all of the people who are originally in fruit gang, like they were like, I need to eat something else. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a note to everybody listening. I I love how I'm speaking on this as though I'm the trainer and the nutritionist, but like, you know, listen to your body. It's okay to switch things up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Signed off by me, you know, validated, verified, verified message (laughs) word. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I got you. Uh, But one thing I want to add to that is when we look at one thing that's very divisive in social media is this is a bad food. This is a bad food. This is a negative, you know, this is a good food. You should always have this. You should never have this. 
everything can be good and everything can be bad. You know, even water, you drink too much water, you're going to drown for one in one scenario. In another scenario, if you drink too much water and you lack an electrolyte balance, you could die, right? So something that gives you life in excess is going to kill you, right? And that's true for any food that you eat. Um, so nothing is bad in and of itself. The dose is, or the poison, or the dose makes the poison is right. what I'm trying to say. So, oh. you know, when you look at, I should have this, I shouldn't have this. The only time that's true is if you're allergic to it, or it's going to like really mess you up digestively and back you up for a few days, you know? Right. Um, otherwise, everything is fine to eat as long as you're not overindulging or having it so frequently that, you know, you're creating deficiencies with the, with the other nutrients. Right. See, everybody listening, you can eat intuitively and, you know, figure these things out for yourself. I feel like I meet a lot of people who are very strict when it comes to goal setting, but in like a way where like they might not be strict in anything else, but then they really get like to the nitty gritty and they ask everybody else what they're doing. And they're like, they're doing it to a T and I remember just, you know, I'm not a nutritionist. I just like to study holistic mm -hmm. um, medicine and foods. And I actually did study Ayurvedic medicine for a little while. Oh, cool. Like, so I had people ask me questions, but I never, I was like, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask like guidance wise, you know, don't do what I'm doing exactly, which is what you said in the beginning of this episode. Um, because I do see like food really triggers people to be very, um, strict with themselves in a very interesting way like our 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 relationship with food as americans is really off yeah i man i think as americans as a whole we we make a lot of things our identity mm -hmm. and if you oh. do things differently than us yeah. it's it's basically a personal punch at us you know yeah. like man what do you mean you're eating carbs you know i've seen i i like to call them the keto cult um, yeah. I've been keto a couple times because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're just so dead serious about it and they want everyone to do it too. And if you're not doing it, even if it doesn't impact them at all, it's not like I'm telling you not to do keto. You know, right. if you want to do keto, live your life, do your thing. But when you start like talking down to me about not doing keto, then it's like, all right, you're taking this way too seriously. I'm just right. eating a sandwich right now. Leave me alone. I'm trying to have my lunch and go back up about my day. Right, right. <laughs> it is that. And it, that can be with anything. I remember yeah. I like was vegetarian for a little while and mm -hmm. my Southern family was like, I can't believe you're a vegetarian. <laughs> we got a vegan in the family. And I'm like, why do you guys care what I eat <laughs> so yeah. much? It's so interesting how we do that. It hmm. is. Yeah. yeah. But I like how you, you know, solidified the eating intuitively. If you really don't know where to start, you know, find someone like you or someone that you like that you feel like you can trust. And I feel like these are all really, really great starting points for anybody who is starting this journey and they haven't known where to begin. So I appreciate all of your feedback and knowledge in this space. Like definitely, I know a lot of people who will benefit from hearing what you've had to say. So that's amazing. Yeah, I appreciate it, Alex. I mean, it's been um, I feel like this is a great podcast, honestly, as a whole, like I've had a lot. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you ask great questions. I feel like the answers were really good too, you know, on my end, giving myself a pat on the back here, but <laughs> uh, no, you did great. You did great. And I'm so glad, like my little thoughts that I have on my own time, I'm like, I just think about these things and it's cool to have the, the information, you know, 
retaliated back at me with like scientific data i'm like oh cool it wasn't just a thought like there's some validity to this this is really Mm -hmm. cool but (laughs) if anybody wants to start working with you where can they find you how can they contact you um yeah anything that you want to share with the listeners what can you give them yeah so first you know that free gift once again if anyone's interested there's gonna be a link to the stupid simple cookbook um 30 plus recipes that will help you lose weight ready in 10 minutes or less you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook uh, at the handle at stupid with two O's dot fit. It's going to be the same for all of those and YouTube as well. YouTube is um, actually one of my more popular channels. And then if you want to reach out and work with me, I'll also share a link with you to apply and schedule a strategy call one-on-one um, to see if you're a good fit for the program and um, to help hopefully put you in the right direction for whatever you're looking to accomplish. I love it. And if there's anything that you feel like you didn't get the chance to mention, what's something you could leave the listeners with, you know, just in case you didn't already say it, but. Hmm. Um, you know, let me look around here. <laughs> For everybody oh. who can't see him, you know, listening on audio, he's got a very cool art set up and bookshelf behind him. <laughs> that he's looking at uh i what i want to say actually is this regards in regards to fitness but really it applies to everything um, as well you know all good i think feedback does it's don't get caught up in any single decision at the end of the day you know it's about the direction that you're headed in so if you make a slightly better decision today than you did yesterday then you're putting yourself on the path to a healthier self a lighter, a, you know, less fat on your body self, a more muscular self, whatever possible body you want to physical feet you want to reach, making that one decision adds up. And as long as you're making that improvement over time, you do that consistently for a one year span, you're going to be in a much better place this time next year than you are right now. So don't undervalue the, the value of a small decision and don't get too caught up on in the day-to-day small progresses and thinking like, oh, I'm not moving fast enough. Everything will add up in time and always think about the long game. If you play the long game, you never lose. I love that. I feel like that's a great message to end on because I think a lot of people get really tough with themselves and they quit and they give up on their goals and you don't have to do any of that. And if it helps, we are both supporting you in the journey and yeah, nobody's really looking at that's the other thing too. Mm. Like don't give up because nobody is really looking too closely at you. Like sometimes it might feel that way, but yeah, you got this. <laughs> yeah. It's you against you. And then uh I'm gonna speak for you maybe here on that. Yeah, yeah, if, you speak need, for <laughs> if you guys ever need support as you're listening, um message either of us on Instagram, on Twitter. You know, we're here to help you out with that. I will be your liaison. <laughs> uh I will filter you in to Jama and yeah feel free message us anytime but yeah seriously it was so nice to have you on definitely come back and share any information that you have to share in the future because this was a beautiful talk and I feel like again I could nerd out on this subject all day long um, because I feel like it's the closest thing to what humans just do like we eat and we move Mm -hmm. and we somehow forget about that a lot and we put that on the back burner it's interesting Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, we're going to rehumanize ourselves and mm -hmm. find a really positive approach to fitness, wellness, and eating. So I love this. Thank you again for coming on to the flip side. No, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I had a blast. Oh, love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And next time we'll catch you back on the flip side.